Welcome to the Martin Bailey Photography Podcast. It's August 12, 2013, and this is episode 383. It's just coming up to three years now since I incorporated Martin Bailey Photography KK. So today I'm going to update you on how things are going and you know what adjustments I've made to my business model, how things are shaping up and a little bit into how I, I see me proceeding over the next few years. This episode is something that I've been thinking about doing for a while now as we come to this three year mark. But choosing to do this today was more because of a mail from listener Mark Sippola, who incidentally I'll be seeing in Iceland in just a couple of weeks from now for our two week tour and workshop. In Mark's mail, he asks, Now that you've been a full-time photographer for a few years, I'm wondering if you might talk a bit about the reality of going pro compared to how you thought it would be, i.e. prior to taking the plunge, from what photography-related tasks did you think your income would be derived compared to the reality of the situation? Did you think that most of your time would be spent creating and selling prints and then realized that the tours were your bread and butter which allows you to then spend time on making pictures did you ever even consider that you would be creating ebooks prior to meeting david Dusherman? i guess i'm just wondering if it has turned out the way you imagined it would and how you spend your time attending to the business etc Well, thanks very much for the mail, Mark. Uh, It's a great suggestion for a topic. And like I said, I mean, I was going to touch on this anyway, so it's really just prompted me to get this done. But great questions that you added there. I did a few Going Pro episodes as I set the business up, and there have been a few others over the last couple of years. But let's first recap on how I got to this point in time as it's important to understand where I'm coming from with this stuff. Note as well that uh, we've just got a bit of a thunderstorm coming along here in Tokyo, so if you hear a bit of rumbling in the background, it's, it's outside, not my stomach or anything. So, I've been doing photography for some 30 years now. I started to get serious about it buying an SLR camera when I moved to Japan in 91, which is 22 years ago now. When I look back, a lot of my early work was pretty crappy, although I'd, I had a reasonably good eye and was pulling the occasional nice shot out of my assortment of lenses. I had always been into landscape work since walking in the hills of Derbyshire back in England in my late teens and early twenties, but with some areas of Japan having such an abundance of wildlife, I decided to buy my first decent long lens, the 100-400mm for my first trip to Hokkaido in August 2003, exactly 10 years ago now. I'd been using a really old 100-300mm lens and having some fun photographing birds etc, so I was already starting to get the wildlife bug, but I'd always thought that wildlife photography was a much more elite genre than it turned out to be. The first white L lens that I I got 
you know, that 100 to 400 really brought me the versatility and quality that really opened up a whole new world of photography to me. I would probably have shot this differently today, but here's my first wildlife shot with the 100-400mm lens. This is an Ezo deer on the edge of the Kushiro Marsh in Hokkaido. Don't forget too that if you go over to the website at mbp.ac-383, you'll be able to see this photograph and a few of the others that I'll look at today and just click on them and they'll, view, they'll open up as large as the browser so you, uh, you should be able to get a, a better viewing experience over there. So my passions started to evolve and I found myself more and more heading to areas of natural beauty for wildlife photography. Of course, if there's some drop-dead gorgeous landscapes to be shot, I still enjoy that as much as ever, but whenever possible, I started to shoot wildlife, often toggling between the two as lighting conditions dictated. That's kind of jumped us along in the summary of my background, but during this time I'd registered the martinbaileyphotography.com domain and had started to work on a gallery and then I added the forum that the spammers have now destroyed. And then the second big turning point was starting the podcast in September 2005. I had gotten a lot from the online photography community and I wanted to give back in some way. But of course there was always the idea that using my images to walk people through techniques and artistic discussions would result in extra eyes on my work, which is never a bad thing, especially if you're trying to build a name and a brand. That wasn't necessarily why I started this, but I quickly realised that this is what was happening. Mine was the third photography podcast in iTunes with my friend Chris Marquardt's Tips from the Top Floor and Brooks Jensen's Lenswork podcasts already out there. They were podcasting regularly and they were indeed a part of the inspiration for this podcast. The listener numbers and community started to grow and before long there was talk of doing my first Hokkaido workshop which happened at the end of January in 2008, almost two and a half years after starting the podcast. I was joined by five wonderful participants from around the world, many of whom remain good friends. The tour ended up costing me a few hundred dollars but it, I wasn't too concerned, it was a start and I soon realised that there was no going back. Due to the feedback from participants, the Hokkaido tour grew to include a three-day visit to the Snow Monkeys before going on for a further nine days in Hokkaido, forming what we now affectionately know as the Winter Wonderland tour. It became a regular yearly tour, now twice each winter actually, and has enabled me to share the beautiful wildlife and landscapes of Hokkaido with coming up to a hundred participants now. I also started to hear from people that needed a photographer in Japan for assignment work and I found myself using up all of my paid leave from my day job to do my tours and assignments. The pivot point came when I was asked to help with the photography group on my first voyage to Antarctica. This was around the time that I was waiting for my Japanese nationality application to come through 
And we ended up postponing my Antarctica trip until the next year because it was possible that I'd not have a passport right when I was supposed to be down there. But I was not going to have enough paid leave to do both the Antarctica and my Hokkaido tours, as well as the assignment work that I was getting. The decision was already made, of course. I'd worked towards going full-time for a number of years, and the amount of time and energy I was devoting to my photography was starting to affect my day job. I found myself shifting tasks onto other managers in my team so that I didn't get too busy and have to stay late. I needed to you know, maintain a certain amount of personal time for my now increasingly more demanding photography business, so it was time to cut the cord. It was exactly three years ago now, in August 2010, when I handed in my notice and started to put the gears in motion to incorporate Martin Bailey Photography KK. Every so often, people are surprised that I've only been in business for three years, but that's not really the case. I've been submitting tax forms and running the business as a sole proprietor for six years now. I'd also built my brand and was going to hit the ground running. The incorporation was a major jump forward, but not really the start. Before I jump back into Mark's questions though, I'd like to point out one caveat, and that is that my path has been somewhat unique and probably doesn't apply to most photographers thinking about taking the plunge to full time. There are certain lessons to be learned here with regards to building your business as far as you can while still in the comfort of your nice safe day job. Although you should check with your company first in case doing that sort of thing could get you into trouble. Mark asked though if things have gone according to plan and in general yes they have. But there have been a a number of realignments, some big and some not so big. From the start, the tours were going to be a major part of my business. I was already you know, running that successful Winter Wonderland tour and with more time throughout the year without the day job, I always intended to introduce more. After only being at home for around 12 days from September 5th until the end of the year last year though, I realised that I was not going to be able to leave my wife alone for such long periods of time again. I did my Pixels to Pigment World Tour, which was great, no regrets, but then I headed down to Antarctica for seven weeks almost straight after that, and then I did a two-week private tour in Japan starting the day after I got home for Antarctica. Each of these projects was incredible, and I would not have changed last year for anything. But it was tough, even though my wife was able to join me for the private tour. I'll get back to why this is important in a moment, but for now let me touch on a few other aspects of my business that Mark asked about. The creating and selling of my fine art prints has continued pretty much as I expected. Orders will come in sporadically, but this was never going to be the the revenue stream to feed me by itself. It's almost like a nice side job within my business. I'm generally too busy to print for myself, which is a problem when you love printing as much as I do, so it's almost like a nice breather when I wake up and find a print order has come in. I never 
really expected to make a killing of on the fine art prints, and they've stayed pretty much where I thought they would, although a few more sales each month would be nice. Mark also asked if I ever even considered that I would be creating ebooks prior to meeting David Dusherman. The answer to that is absolutely. Writing ebooks was always part of the plan, and to be honest, when David asked me to write my first ebook making the print, I had to think about it for about a three hundredth of a second if I really wanted to sell ebooks for five dollars. But I knew, of course, that Craft and Vision was going to get my books into the hands of way more readers than I would have reached by myself, so it was pretty much a no-brainer. I had planned to start doing ebooks from the start, though, and I was already studying InDesign so that I could do my own layout, but being able to write for Craft and Vision was a huge step forward for me, and I'm still very grateful to David and the team for that opportunity and their continued support. One thing that did not go according to plan is the amount of time that I thought I'd have once the day job was out of the way. I had literally been doing two jobs for a number of years and fully expected that once I didn't have to haul it into the office every day, I was going to have a lot of time to work on marketing and accounting, strategizing on the future of the business and also have lots of time to go out shooting personal projects. I'd planned also to put more time into marketing myself as an assignment and commercial photographer, but the truth is there still aren't enough hours in the day to do what needs to be done. I get up at 7.30 when there's no reason to get up any earlier, and I work through to 7pm in my office studio. The plan was to spend more time with my wife in the evenings, but... Although I go downstairs and we sit together on the sofa after dinner, the reality is that I'm still working on my laptop until around midnight every day on the various projects that I'm into. If I'm not planning a future tour, I'm working on something like setting up the credit card merchant account that I was just got finished recently. Once that is done, there is a complicated back-end website work that needs to be done. I'm still getting a a lot of that finished, but it took a lot of work to get the website set up so that I could take multiple currency transactions. WooCommerce just doesn't support that right out of the box. So, you know, all of that really took a lot of extra time that I didn't even realize I had to do. I've just finished putting together a page to take bookings for the 2014 Iceland tour, which I'll touch on later. And, you know, basically, though, this this took me all of Sunday. So, you know, you you just keep going at these tasks and they, you know, things just keep coming up and they'll keep you busy. I dedicate Mondays to podcasting. If I haven't had time to work on something in advance, I spend a few hours on the Monday morning and often a good part of the afternoon writing out my manuscript. And then I like to get it recorded and in the pipe before I go down for dinner at 7pm. But, you know, basically it's a full day's work each week. The thunderstorm that started earlier when, when I started to recording this got worse and worse until I had to just give in. I've actually, I'm back up in the office now at uh, 8.05, continuing with the recording. 
When I'm working on an ebook, I like to put by a few weeks of block time, and I'm also now writing two columns for each issue of Craft and Vision's Photograph magazine, which takes a nice chunk of time when I sit down to write as well. I like to stay on top of my accounting so that when I go and see the accountant each month, I don't have to spend too long preparing for that visit. But most months I find myself a little behind and usually have to dedicate half a day here and there to catch up. My wife is our number two employee and helps with some of the accounting work too. And she's also pretty good at a, being a, a photographer assistant. You know, when we go out and do, do the occasional assignment, she does a pretty good job of that. But another thing that hasn't gone quite according to plan and is that I'm so busy with all of the other work that I do, I really haven't been able to make time to market myself and try to bring in more of those photography assignments. To bring this all together now though, what I quickly realised is that to do a proper job of running this business, keeping accounts in order, working on the back office stuff, working on new tours and actually going out and running those tours, and then doing my craft and vision writing and fulfilling the occasional fine art print order when they come in, is a full-time job in itself and then some. As much as I enjoy the assignment work and the portraiture work that I do occasionally through the year, I'm not actively seeking that sort of work. If someone is kind enough to contact me, I quote them a price based on my required day rate, and if that works for them, then I'll give it 200% and provide a quality product, but I have so much other work to do that I'm really not pushing this. I think this was one of the major direction changes. My current business model centres around the tours on which I also get to shoot my own work. That work gives me plenty of fresh imagery to use in my craft and vision ebooks and articles that I write between the tours, and that is seen by lots of people and some of those people book themselves onto my tours. You can see that this in itself is turning into a self-perpetuating cycle. In addition to my Japan winter tours, the plan is to try to do one and possibly two tours in each of the other three quarters of the year. This gives me time to do the writing and the marketing and the back office stuff between tours, and as I get the other large tasks that I've been doing out of the way. I'm looking forward to getting more time for personal projects too, which may well be in the form of reconnaissance for future tours, which again will also feed the self-perpetuating cycle. Of course, I have to stay on top of my game. Not only do I have to be sharp enough to be able to teach people about photography, both on the tours and via this podcast, but if I'm not shooting images that people find attractive, I can't close the loop on that cycle and it all just falls apart. No one would sign up for my tours and my ebooks and articles wouldn't work if my images are crap, so there's no room for complacency or sloppy work. You might remember from old episodes though that my mum used to say if a job is worth doing, it's worth doing well. And that has stayed with me and shaped who I am. I actually had to be taught to do some some jobs at the good enough level because 
I sometimes spend way too much time on something that doesn't need to be perfect. When it comes to my photography and my tours though, I never want to settle for good enough. It's definitely worth doing, so I'm going to give this my all for as long as I'm able to keep doing it. It's hard work, but like David Dusherman says, there is a big difference between our work and a job. I no longer have a job. I left that three years ago. It's funny though, I'm working harder than I ever have now, and I don't even have a job. I love my work though. I love doing the tours. There's something very special about being in a beautiful place with a group of photographers all passionate about their craft. I'm going to keep it to a manageable number of tours each year though as I need to leave room for my writing and other work and because I have to do the tours properly. There's no room for good enough when you're the purveyor of people's future memories. I wanted to touch on where I see us moving in the next few years as well. Of course, I'll remain flexible, and if I need to change course, I will. But the current plan is to continue to write while I build out my tour schedule and finish up those big tasks that I knew I'd, ha- I'd have to get done, such as setting up that credit card merchant account. There's been one after the next for the last three years, uh, so you know it's just that that's the biggest thing that I've done recently, and I'm still just putting the finishing touches on that. There are always going to be new big tasks to keep me busy and I know that some of you are probably wondering why I don't just take on extra staff if I'm this busy. Well, although things are going well, right now I'm managing. My wife is our second employee and she works hard on the business part-time. Sure, I'd love to have an extra pair of hands, especially one that can speak English and handle customer questions and take tour bookings while I'm travelling. But taking on permanent staff is a big responsibility. For the time being, I think I'll be outsourcing tasks until it makes more sense to have someone on the books. I started to do this to a degree a few months ago. As you might have noticed, I'm bringing all of my sites under one roof, simplifying things a little. For a while now, I've wanted to get rid of my old gallery, which had really just become an image repository. The problem is that I didn't start posting the podcast episodes with their images until you know, onto the blog until episode 190. So I've been reliant on the old site to continue to make those images available. On a TWIP episode that I was co-hosting a while back, I mentioned that I was about to post this task of posting the old episodes onto the blog on Elance, a crowdsourcing site where you can hire people to do all sorts of jobs. And on hearing this, our ever-resourceful Michael Rammel, who you'll know from the MVP community on Google+, offered to help me with this. I'll be paying Michael for his time, of course, and he's already steamed through the first 60 episode posts. In the coming months, we'll see the remaining 130 episodes posted, and that will then free me to remove the old gallery completely. It's about 65 hours worth of work, so I'll, you know, it'll take some doing. And that's really why I very much appreciate Michael's help. I was lucky that Michael shouted up as he did. 
And, you know, he's a smart guy with great technical skills and plenty of ambition. I'm sure there are plenty of horror stories, uh, you know, things that go wrong while outsourcing tasks like this. So as I continue and possibly use resources from Elance or similar sites, I'll be certain to proceed with caution. I also wanted to mention the importance of getting a good accountant. I've worked with accountants in the past and knew that this would be an important part of building a business. The last three years have confirmed this for me. There was a service I used here in Japan to send out a request for a proposal to work with us uh, from the accountant's perspective. And I, I was just really looking for the best match for the business. I received a number of replies and selected the person that seemed to be the best match and the one that I felt that I would be comfortable working with, and I've been very happy with him and his team. We paid $200 per month for the first two and a half years, and this was like their starter pack for new companies. As revenue grows, we've had to increase this to $300 a month for the general accounting processes, and then we have to pay an extra like lump sum at the end of the fiscal year for getting everything ready to submit to the tax office. So all in all, we're probably paying this company around $6,000 a year, but the value that they bring to us is much more than that. I wouldn't have had a clue about the many tax benefits that we can tap into as a corporation, and I'd have fallen into a few traps too because I didn't know what I had to look out for. A good tax accountant is definitely worth investing in and if you can find someone that will start off relatively cheaply as you build, that's great. Unless you've had training yourself though, this is something that I definitely advise you to outsource from the start. And by the way, when I talk about accounting work that I do and my wife helps with, I mean the recording of our transactions and keeping our records in order for this guy to do the real work. So to wrap it up, as I mentioned, things are going pretty much according to plan with the exception that I've chosen not to pursue assignment work as much as I thought I would and I'm working carefully on the balance of tours and writing along with you know, ongoing back office tasks and the fine art prints and stuff. I'm really not worried about the lack of assignments. It was always going to be hard to really make that work and if I had wanted to make that the core of my business I probably would have been too scared to leave my old job. I'd already built a great foundation for the tours and workshops and when you consider that I'd also been writing for this blog and creating the podcast for five years by then too I was also inadvertently building a foundation as a writer and educator. This reminds me of one last thing that I should mention, and that is building a passive income. The ebooks take some time to write and produce a nice paycheck for the first month or two after release, but then as the monthly income from each one drops, it becomes a nice passive income. You know the codes that I sometimes give you for products such as Nick Software or B&H. These also turn into a source of income. These affiliate payments are not a lot, 
but it all mounts up. I may not even get enough from affiliate revenue to pay our accountant some months, but it's often close, so that kind of takes care of some of our running costs. As I said at the start, my business model is somewhat unique as it has evolved as a result of me starting to share my thoughts on photography via the podcast and being in a unique position to offer tours in Japan have certainly helped. My business model is so unique that you might argue that I'm not even a full-time photographer, but I'm nothing if not a photographer. The photography forms the core of this business and my life. It will always be that way. I've just built a business model that doesn't necessarily mean that I shoot directly for money each week, but it's proving to be a successful business model all the same. I hope that this has been of some help, especially when you consider how resourceful we need to be these days to make a living from photography and its now very complex ecosystem. As I mentioned earlier, before we finish, I did want to quickly mention that I have just opened the page to start taking bookings for my 2014 Iceland tour and workshop from September 22nd to October 3rd. I'll be in Iceland from August 24 this year in just a few weeks and I'll be trying very hard to update you about the trip as I travel but I've also just locked in on these 2014 dates so I've opened up this new page to start taking bookings for 2014 as of yesterday. I'm teaming up with local expert Tim Volmer again and we've extended the trip by an extra day to a 12-day tour, giving us 10 full days of photography. You can find all tours that are available for booking under the Tours and Workshops menu at martinbaileyphotography.com now. And I'll also add a link to the show notes for this episode that you can find at mbp.ac383. I do hope to see some of you there. And thanks very much for listening today. And remember that you can find me on Google Plus and Twitter, etc. And links to everything that I'm up to are at martinbaileyphotography.com. So do drop by and take a look. I'll be back next week with another episode. And in the meantime, you take care and have a great week, whatever you're doing. Bye bye.